It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a hot time. Ciao ragazzi, I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. I'm home from my tour of Italia. My friend Vicky and I could be contenders for the amazing race if I was into that sort of thing. We clocked some serious miles on planes, trains, automobiles, boats, and on foot. We started on the Amalfi Coast and Capri before heading to my Italian hometown of Bologna, where I spent five days catching up with as many of my favorite people, places, and things as humanly possible. If you follow at Casually Baked on social, then you probably saw some pics and social stories along the way. If you don't, I'll be sure to share some highlights in the podcast show notes at casuallybaked.com. When I travel, as you can imagine, I appreciate exploring the cannabis culture in the cities I visit. Since Italy is my home away from home, I was extra interested in the changes happening in the cannabis culture there. I sat down with one of my favorite Bowtown locals, an Irishman by the name of Michael Phillips. Michael has been living in Bologna since 2005. He's the creator and publisher of Bologna Press, a newspaper providing coverage in English to the 60,000 foreign residents in the city. Bologna Press offers news coverage on political and economic events, business issues, sports, reviews, interviews, and pretty much anything that affects the local Bowtown community. Michael pays the bills as a journalist and English teacher, but his passion is politics. He's been hard at work with Volt Europa, a new political party seeking to change the face of European politics in the next EU elections in May 2019. 
because my Italian is shit and yours is probably worse than that, I thought he'd be the perfect person to discuss the cannabis culture in Italy. There was no agenda. We just hit record and had ourselves an international chat. I can't remember everything we talked about, so I'm excited to listen in with you. I'm riding shotgun. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar gun. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. I'm sitting here with my friend Michael Phillips. He's also the host with the most this week, as me and my friend Vicky are traveling around Italy, and we are staying at his place here in Bologna. Um, but, you know, when Vicky and I got off the train in Rome, immediately across the street from the train station, there was a big cannabis leaf on the side of this building or on the side of this bar, and we walked in, and they had, a, there was a, just like this huge display for a cannabis-infused drink. And so I asked the guy if I could see it, and I turn it around and am reading the um, the key ingredients, and it was sugar and caffeine are the two biggest things in it. And there's trace amounts of hemp-based CBD in this product. So, you know, obviously there's not anything that was of value or that was a source of nutrition in it, so I didn't buy it. But Getting to Bologna, I was told there were a couple of little shops. And so Vicky and I went into one yesterday. And it really feels like the cannabis culture here in Italy is really more about the, uh, what would be the word I would use for it? It's less about actual medicinal benefits and it's less about cannabis in general and more about just the fashion of cannabis. I mean, this was a store with pot leaves for wallpaper and, you know, candy and and cookies and things like that with hemp, but nothing, there was no cannabis education. It was more for the youth, more for the youth culture. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. And so since you're so dialed in and connected in this community and you're involved in politics here in Italy, I thought maybe you could kind of give me the whatever insight you have as far as what's really happening with this culture. Because as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't seem like anybody knows shit about cannabis here. Well, from, from what I've seen over the last few, last recent years are a lot of these little shop fronts, tiny little shop fronts uh, uh, opening up for cannabis. And, and in fact, I've, I've never even been inside one of them. Because you can literally see what's what's inside just from the, from the door because they're that small. But one thing that always uh, that I have been curious as to why there are so many around, uh, and yet the the laws are still quite strict here, and and smoking cannabis isn't um, it isn't very public. It is and it isn't, you know. Uh, we all know people who, who do smoke it maybe in the park or possibly out the back of a pub or, or something like that. But it's it's not as uh, sociably acceptable. So it's always been this, this paradox of you have a lot of these shops been promoted or promoting cannabis. They obviously can't sell it. Or at least they can't sell the, the the medicinal ones. It's only very specialized companies can do that. So, 
I really don't understand much of it myself, and I can only put it down to probably being more of a, a marketing, uh, an early adopter style, as you had uh, mentioned before, uh, when we're talking privately. Um, it's it must be just uh, marketing, really, you know. Well, and I think that there are the opportunistic entrepreneurs who are who are jumping in now. And when I was going through the store yesterday, you can buy cannabis flower, but it is very high CBD, low THC, and you know, like less than point six percent. I think was what the guy had told me, but. What from what I read, you know, they've gone back and forth just like they have in the states, where you know people's feelings on it fluctuate. And so currently, um, from my homework, it has been decriminalized. So someone who, if you get caught consuming cannabis in a public place, you would get a ticket, like a traffic fine, um, something equivalent to a traffic fine, but. But I also read that you can grow one plant at home for your own personal use. And I really just think that nobody here even knows what they can and can't do. And because of the culture and because of the religious nature of this country in general, I think it really is is stigmatized. And I think in order for any sort of like real change to happen, People are going to have to get educated on the benefits of it so that they can feel moved to do something about it in the political system. Well, there's two points you, you hit upon there. The first one was the law here in Italy. The law changes can be very dramatic with regard to some, some issues. And sometimes they can go forward and then sometimes they can be rolled back onto a new, new government, which... Uh, as you know here, as you know yourself, the government here has been has seen the, the the largest number of elected government since World War II. I think it's something like 60, 62, maybe say we're on our 63rd government. So even even if people do know uh, what to do, you know, that law can change next year. Yeah, and which we're seeing a lot of in the States right now with this Trump presidency. Exactly, and he's how- rolling back a lot of the Obama. Yeah, right. exactly. So then you have the other the other aspect of it about the, the education uh, side of it and do people really know? I've never, certainly never had a discussion. I don't personally smoke myself. I have friends that do, but I've never heard them talking about it in any educational format whatsoever just more on the, the issues of, about getting high from it and, and, you know, being relaxed. So I've never heard it being pushed from that point of view, which uh, I suppose to become more socially acceptable here, maybe that's one of the angles that they, they need to do rather than just push it for the medicinal uh, effects, you know, for cancer patients or patients with tumors, you know, mm-hmm. um, possibly you need you need a bigger drive for the educational effects of it, you know. Well, and, you know, since I've been here and catching up with all of my friends, I have had specific questions asked like, okay, explain to me, you know, besides this cancer thing, explain to me why cannabis is good for us, how it's good for us. And I really do think that one of the biggest pieces to that puzzle puzzle is people understanding that you can get all of these benefits without getting high because that's the thing that a lot of people here 
They're pretty buttoned up and straight laced. And once I can tell people, hey, you know, it can help with epilepsy and degenerative mental and brain function and um, cancer and all these different things, and you don't have to get high, then it seems more interesting and it, it seems like more of a viable option for people. But, you know, when I lived here before, it was, you know, my friend's would smoke spliffs. And so they would, you know, everybody had a little hashish with them and they would, you know, sprinkle it in their cigarettes. And so that's how I consumed cannabis when I lived here. And of course, I was always the sideshow at the party when they'd say like, that's the girl that smokes cannabis by itself. They just thought that was the craziest thing. And so I was curious to come back and see how all that had kind of changed. And, and I was hopeful when I went into that cannabis store that there would be some either the person behind the register being educated about it and have being able to have a a real conversation. But it really just felt like, you know, when you go into the souvenir shop at Six Flags, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm coming in here to get a cannabis t-shirt or hoodie or a sucker that has CBD in it. And, you know, they, it's just more about the leaf and the symbol of cannabis. I mean, you have uh, cannabis been a, a drug, obviously, you still have that stigma of drugs and antisocial behavior. It's particularly bad here in Bologna because the police are always raid in the parks where unfortunately a lot of uh, the newly arrived immigrants are selling selling the drugs because they have no money they're coming from mostly from africa they're easily pickings for the mafia to, to go and, and sell their drugs so we we see in the in the newspapers on the tv all the time are the drugs even if it's just cannabis uh, and everyone i mean it's pretty much well accepted anyway that people who smoke smoke cannabis don't go out and rob stores or or uh, shops you know they they, they they don't i mean it's only people maybe on hard drugs or um, people who are dependent on on some type of substance i think maybe to educate people possibly we need to break the link first with the cannabis being connected to hard drugs or being connected right. to the criminal element mm-hmm. not the criminal element the antisocial element mm-hmm. first no. you know and and maybe breaking that link first then it would be easier to educate people rather than trying to educate people first because there's still that that bad negativity in the, in the press and that always trumps everything once you said that people ordinary people who who don't know anything maybe about Drugs, uh, or they don't know that maybe one thing is good for them. They still see the bad connection to. But to me, I mean, those things go hand in hand because when you talk about cannabis and drugs, I mean, it's like the hair on the back of my neck stands up because I don't even like cannabis to be called a drug. You know, I'm like I told exactly. you at so lunch what, what today. Call, it's so what like would you call, so what so what would we call it if we were starting a, a new a new campaign? What would we call? Well, it? um. Nature's oldest pain reliever. <laughs> that 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 sounds like a good marketing slogan for cannabis. <laughs> but no, I mean it's like cannabis is a natural plant substance, and it actually so, is. So could we put into the bio food type of area? 
alternative medicine, you know, where that's where people place the supplements that they take and that sort of thing. Yes, we see alternative medicine has been around for centuries and people have been trying to push it through alternative medicine sources, but it's not working. You're still... You're saying they've been trying to push cannabis through the... Yeah, well, it, it, but, has, it has been it has been connected to to that let's say industry, but for some reason it's not getting through. It's still mostly illegal in most countries. Uh, okay, you might have uh, like even here you have it for personal use, but then why is it still very illegal and still associated with criminal activity, antisocial behavior, hard drugs? So that possibly is not enough. Well, but you, I mean, when you think about how change happens in a community, there has to be some sort of conversation that has to be had. There, people have to start talking about what's going on and how they, you know, I tell people all the time, we have to be the first person to come out of the closet and talk about how we're using this plant medicine for wellness. Do, do, you ha- do you have any social groups or any type of forum? I, I Absolutely. mean, for example, in the States, are you, because here, for example, let's say I, even I was in agreement with, with you in that context, I've never heard of groups here or forums or uh, like-minded people being able to, you know, generally 90, I'm sure 99% of people here, they're going to smoke cannabis or weed or it's just to get high. Right. Right. And that's exactly my point. The fact that you are so connected and you are politically minded and politically driven and you are involved in what's happening in your community. The fact that you have no clue if there's an organization, that's exactly my point. So, you know, in California, you've got everything from, you know, the California Growers Association or the um, National Cannabis Industry Association. So people that are in the business, they get together and they form these larger groups so that you can have a voice and go to your local and state governments and like really be able to affect change. In a country like Italy, where it is slower to adopt some of these things, I mean, you know, Canada is now nationally legal. Canada Canada is now doing business with Israel and the Netherlands and Germany and and the United States, like these major countries are coming on board. And frankly, money is what I would think would drive the conversation and drive the change because there's no, so not, much not, money not, to no, be made not, in not this in industry. Europe. Not in Europe. Not, I'm not saying that there's uh, not a lot of money. I'm saying that Europeans aren't driven by money. We're, we're not... Capitalism is here, of course, but it's not the same as, as uh, America. You, Europeans don't work that way. You can't push things. And actually, we're, the, the government could collect a lot of taxes here, and therefore people would be, oh, okay, that sounds like a good idea. They'll vote for the, the issues and that, but doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't sell. Okay, so this is good. So then what are, if people aren't driven by the idea of making money, then what what drives them? Well, you have to, of lifestyle. Course you, I mean, well, Europe, Europe, of course, is remember is uh, a split split up between north and south. Uh, you have all the Mediterranean co- countries: Portugal, Spain, part of France, Italy, over to Croatia, Greece, and all of those countries don't work or don't think the same way in culture in terms of culture as all the northern countries would. 
let's even say the, the farther furthest ones, uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark even. So it would have to be different approaches, even if, if say, let's say we uh, there was a, a group of people got together tomorrow and said, okay, how are we going to promote? Well, another group would have to get together in the north and maybe even different uh, alternative methods in the, in the middle of Europe. Absolutely. Because, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Back to my question, then what is that driving force for the Italian culture? Like what what drives them to lead their best life or what drives them to want change? Well, change in, in any form here, particularly I've, I've been here 13 years, is very, very difficult. No, yeah. no matter what, no matter what we're talking about, what uh, social issues or economic issues or health issues, to enact change here is uh, incredibly complex, bureaucratic, difficult. So there is no just one answer to that. Yeah. Uh, but more directly, what drives people to come back to your question, having a good life here, being comfortable, going on holidays, that, that is generally the, the Italian life. They spend more time and energy wanting to to live to live well rather what's the old saying rather than live to work work to live yes Mm -hmm. so here it's uh to work to live yeah i believe that wholeheartedly and from my own experience i totally get the red tape piece i mean I'd moved back to the States and paid for the internet service in my flat for an extra nine months trying to get that fucking thing canceled. So I totally get how it's challenging to make change here. But the benefits of cannabis and the things that cannabis does to help people with dis-ease or for uncomfortable situations or, you know, ailments you know, it's like um, my big fat Greek wedding where the dad like puts or mom puts Windex on everything. You you have a mosquito bite and your legs itching. She's just like put some Windex on it. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. Like cannabis can be this one medicine that can be in a, right, a then, mom's arsenal of things to fix. But now what you're talking, though, you're talking about a political issue, not necessarily of politics, but it's a political issue. And who, at least in this society, is powerful enough not to get um, hit by too much criticism that can do that. And there's there's nobody really here that would take up those issues. You know, it's not like a, a an environmental issue where people will be happy to to now environmental environmentalism is cool now. Whereas years ago, it wasn't. You only had the green parties all around the world, and even still, green politics is a, still a bit boring. You know. Right, but in Piazza Santo Stefano, there's that big art display and we're talking about pollution and it does have to start somewhere. You produce a a bi-monthly newspaper. And so, you know, me telling you, hey, I want to create some sort of cannabis education and us publish this in your paper. That Those are the sorts of things that start to happen. Where Bologna Press, you mean? Yes, there (laughs) you go. Let's plug plug it. Let's plug it. Yes. (laughs) Bologna Press. And it is the only English publication here, right? Yeah. I mean, that is is a very good start. Yeah. That maybe other people, other foreigners who read that, even some of the the Bolognese who are going to read this uh, article, and it might even get them thinking. So 
it is. It's, it's certainly a good start. The other, the other thing, because I'm part of a, a new political movement, a new political party uh, called Volt Europa, and and I was looking up our policies earlier, and strangely enough, eighty percent of our members are young, under the age of thirty, or around the age of thirty, and yet we have no direct policy, at least from from what I I've, uh, was trying to research. And uh, so y'all have no stance on cannabis. Uh, no, I didn't um, say that. I, oh, ofi- okay. Official stance. Okay. Which again, I, I thought a bit strange because how cannabis is definitely a a young industry in this sense. Anyone who's going to be uh, politically activated by it are going to be young, mm-hmm. at least mostly young anyway. Uh, and we have nothing. So part that could be something for us to take up in future. And the fact that we're all over Europe, we're in officially, uh, officially every, every country, but we have nine official political parties around Europe. We could, we're in a, a prime position that if we get in any MEPs next year, the elections, we can propose things like that to be adopted all across Europe rather than have every country doing their own separate thing. Uh, so we're in an ideal position to promote and I will be happy to arm you with so much cannabis education that you will just spread the gospel for us. But we, that's do, exactly. Do we get free samples as well? Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yes, you'll sleep like a baby. Can't <laughs> hmm. <laughs> read. But yeah, I mean, that's exactly the sort of thing that needs to happen. And I know I am an early adopter of this whole evangelical. I, I'm not I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to do. I mean, it's like I will I go around preaching the gospel of cannabis wherever I go. Yeah, because you see, there, you've just hit on something very important. You can't give a name or describe in very few words what exa- what are you doing? So how then are you going to convert others? Well, so no, must, I know be, exactly the I know exactly what my message is. But y- yes, yes, yeah, I know you know what the message is. But what? What club do you belong to, for example, or what association or, or what group, you know? Well, um, I'm involved in all that kind of stuff in California, but that's irrelevant when I'm sitting no, no, here I, with I, you in Italy talking about it. No, I know, but it. what I'm trying to say is for, for an, um, some type of um, umbrella association, I'm involved with this political movement. It is it is also a political party, but it's also a political movement in all of in Europe, and we want to unite Europe. So, you know, there's something very clear uh, image that I give to people of why I want to describe a vote because votes were very small on in terms of political parties, you know. But at least there's something there I can people will immediately understand. Ah, okay, you're for that. So maybe that's something that you, you just need to to grow or develop. I have a megaphone. That's why I have this podcast. I reach out and I make connections with other people that have larger megaphones, potentially access to political parties, and I persuade them to listen to the message and to take in the the content that I'm providing and then make a decision on how they feel about it. And there's nobody that is going to look at the facts and understand the benefits of cannabis for wellness and how it is affecting change. Once someone hears me out and they hear all of everything that there that cannabis has to offer, they're idiots if they don't understand yeah, you, and take that on and you, want yes, to do see, something. There you go. Because you, you, you have a there's a clear objective to selling that message 
over there, you know, the consequences and advantages are very, very clear. You know, you can get this from from selling from creating this industry. Whereas here, if we were to create a new group that are going to going to sell again this message, what are people getting out of it apart from saying that there are health benefits? Because that that doesn't necessarily always uh, work. It's not very clear to say, for example, drink more water because it's healthy. People aren't drinking more water. They're drinking bottled water, which isn't healthy. So you see, there, there's there's uh, so much bottled water uh, in this country. Like I, I don't even know what your landfills look like. Yeah, uh, uh, of course, that's even um, talking about even more side consequences. That yeah, from from having so many uh, so much plastic. But you know, again, just selling the water, people think okay, they they don't necessarily drink more a lot more water because it's healthy. So we need some other. Yes, with you, you have taxes, can pay maybe more schools or can be more research. Here, selling that type of message to Europeans doesn't really, that doesn't get them, you know. I, well, and and it's I, interesting because you keep saying like selling a message to people and it does, that does sound off-putting. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything i'm trying to open minds well yes i'm i'm just i'm using the word in a very generic well i know uh, but the, but that's exactly the idea that you know a a european who is fearful who lives in a country that is just in general fearful of change and who is at any point they want to do anything there's a lot of red tape involved and it takes a lot of effort to make change and it's like you know what fuck it i'd rather go to the seaside for the weekend <laughs> i don't want to deal with all of exactly. this so you know i i recognize that but you know right now the italian government is growing cannabis in florence and they have been growing high cbd strains and there are medicinal cannabis laws in existence in this country right now they've decriminalized cannabis and nobody knows it. Nobody fucking knows it. And so that's my whole point is like, just open your mouth and talk about it. Well, one, one of the things just come to mind again, promoted the message. Am I allowed to say that? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So one of the things, okay, what, what, do, <laughs> what do Italians work on? Italians work on, on fashion, right? And also on sports. That, that's, there's two, two, main themes that they live for mm -hmm. sports and fashion possible idea here how could you link fashion with the cannabis or sports with the cannabis and considering of course remember sports cannabis uh, well sports uh, uh, and cannabis actually uh, is the best is the best connection right because so, athletes professional athletes are using cbd for recovery cannabis is going to be the answer to the opioid crisis and so a lot of athletes who suffer injuries and they become addicted to opioids, cannabis and full on cannabis, not even just CBD rich cannabis, but traditionally like high THC and CBD cannabis has huge medicinal benefits and recovery for athletes. And then if we're talking fashion, they make clothes out of hemp could be, you know, something in the fashion industry where there becomes this movement of creating hemp based oh, okay, that, fashion. But that is, that is yes, that's just one part. I'm, I mean, um, we're just spitball, we're brainstorming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, getting people from the fashion industry to, to talk about it because, yeah, the, the hemp fashion is 
great idea very alternative uh way um for for making clothes and etc but you still need a face to promote it sure you know and again fashion or sports who would dare come out and and promote it because then they wouldn't want to be connected with drug running you know it seems stupid but that's that's the me- the message that would come across from possibly from the media if they took some big name and say ah oh, this person is promoting drugs with our, our young people you know it would just be crazy but you know? that that this is all you talking from your glass half empty perspective which you we both know that that's your perspective. I'm not. I'm very optimist. Oh my dear! <laughs> Just that, but being here is different. You have to feel some no, real. I, t- I totally get it, but I believe wholeheartedly. So, for example, you know, my educational kit, us translating that to Italian, where there's just an option for people to to read about the benefits of cannabis or to learn more about Actually, it. Like when you were in the shop, did you see anything? Was it, was there any written material or any, no, any, no, there were suckers and gummies and cookies and candy and cannabis infused wine and cannabis infused beer. It looked like a souvenir shop. The kid behind the counter. I mean, he let me take, video and pictures, which I'll include those in the show notes at casuallybaked.com so that you can check it out and see for yourself. It just felt very novel. Cannabis is this little novelty, kind of like, you know, maybe, the maybe dip and dots, the see, ice cream of the future. <laughs> that's probably because they can only get the license to do that. I'm sure. Well, they did have the um, cannabis flower, you know, and it comes in a little jar. It was 25 euro for 1.5 grams which is roughly like 30 bucks for one and a half grams, which is twice what you would pay back in, in uh, California. How many, many plants would you get out of that? Oh, 1.5 gram is just a couple of flowers. It's like like in a tin that looked like... Okay, but what would you get out of that then? Um, well, one gram, you would probably be able to smoke three bowls out of it i mean it's oh, not there's a, not, oh, okay so i i didn't i thought it was like it had some type of a seed i know you said flower but i mean wow, the flower is the bud yeah yeah, yeah. O- o- obvious isn't it yes yeah. no it's okay so cannabis flower is the actual bud that you grind up and you put it in your pipe or your bong or vaporizer or whatever you know and that flower that they had they had four or five different strains and it was really expensive and it's you know high cbd very low thc which is the only thing that they can sell right now and it's in a tin and you can't even look at it like snuff uh, but then you see possibly remember you know in the in the supermarkets and you had all the ingredients the labeling so mm-hmm. that of course that's still a, a massive um, controversial subject about labeling should they high transparent they need to be that could be possibly uh, a way forward also in educating the public and putting the, the labels on all those cannabis um, products. products. Yeah, and they, I mean, and they had the nutritional facts like the panel on the back and majority of those products, you know, sugar is one of the first ingredients and sugar is, sugar is cancer. It's terrible for us. So the fact that she's not ever gone up or down, <laughs> you're smoking that stuff. She and sugar high and oh god, coming back down again. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's terrible, and that's the whole point. Is if with a little bit of education, 
I know that there are people in this country that clear. I mean, there was a, a vegan brioche at the that one that was that oh, was yeah. totally black. That you're like, who would eat this shit? Disgusting, isn't it? Well, so for any vegans, <laughs> but uh... but I mean, so if you can get a vegan breakfast croissant or you know from cafe over by my old place, it's uh, all organic products inside of there. So I know that there are healthy minded people here, and. I think those are the people that would latch on and be the ones to affect change yeah, faster. If, if again, depending on on what um, sector or like from where it was coming for the health, you know, we're talking health sports or health, uh, normal health, you know, as in uh, eat healthy, eat healthy, smoke yeah. healthy, or because I I tell people on the way I use cannabis, cannabis is my multivitamin. We have product where. It's cannabinoid-specific sublinguals, and I take those, the ones that I need in the morning, and I don't get high from it. I take them with my vitamins, which, shit, I forgot to take a second day in a row. I need to take those. Can, if, I, can I help me with swimming? Yes. The recovery piece would dry, be huge for you. <laughs> I take too much of it. <laughs> I don't know. No. And that's the other thing. Zero people in the whole wide world have ever died from using cannabis. It is no. You, I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean it from that. I mean when I'm in the pool. Yeah. No. You're not gonna. You. You won't drown. You won't. You know. Cramp up from too much CBD. But it will. It helps with muscle recovery. Uh, so afterwards, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. MMA fighters and football players, basketball players, like they use it for. Um, Just have a nice bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can take it during your <laughs> ice bath. Maybe freeze to death yeah. <laughs> instead of drown. <laughs> So it's, I, I mean, there, it has a place here. And so I am especially motivated now to to help try to educate you and some others so that you can... Well, you come in at, at the right time because as uh, you've seen, all those shops are starting to pop up, up everywhere. What is the next... What the hell is that? It's, a motiv- it's like a heart oh, or something. It's a, it felt like it was like under me. The... Uh, Yes, so a lot of these shops are popping up everywhere. So what is the next stage from the shops? I don't know what, will there be more companies going into the medicinal range or will it evolve? You know, how is it going to evolve? You know, will it become mm-hmm. more public, uh, sociable? Will it be more, I don't know what, what the next stage from that would be, you know? One thing that I would like to do is to create educational materials around CBD. So that's the first step. Like we won't even you know, jump directly into cannabis and THC and all that stuff. Have you ever been to Amsterdam, though? Yeah, several times. Mm -hmm. Because what, you know, what happened there, uh, that was obviously the most liberal place in in Europe regarding uh, cannabis and and even drugs in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few years ago, they started rolling back. They started closing down coffee shops. And a lot of that was from people that were coming in, tourists that were coming in and eating the space cakes and then leaving, going to a bar and having alcohol to drink. And then, you know, I think some one young girl jumped off a building or something. Um, yeah, but I mean, that wouldn't have been why. The... Well, that's what I re- remembered by the time. I think it was my second trip, Space Cakes, they couldn't even sell them anymore. I mean, th- there is a lot of, again, there's a lot of criminal activity in Amsterdam because uh, you get people all over Europe going. And, oh, and, and smuggling can, seeds can and things them, like that. You know, get them out. Uh, but there's a there's a classic example. And why didn't they see that coming? Why did they not educate 
the public to it. Instead, they're they're going back. They're they're rolling back some of the their laws and to make it more illegal rather than make it well more and acceptable. I, and I can't speak to the to the the laws in general there, but the reason that sort of thing happens is because most governments have a fear based agenda and they try to control the population. It's just Trump's deep state we're talking about now. <laughs> huh? you, you, don't really, you, you came over here. You're not working for Bannon, are you? <laughs> Fuck <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but it is. I mean, everything is so fear-based. And so instead of course correcting and saying, oh, we need to do a better job of educating the public. We need to maybe make it to where people can purchase less of something. They just yank the carpet out from under you and say, like, see, this is all these terrible things have happened. And so you can't be trusted. So we're going to have to roll back the laws. I mean, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. If Kavanaugh gets elected to the Supreme Court, they're going to be like, ladies, you don't know what's best for your body. So, you you know, abortions are no longer. Oh, they're going to go the- back to caveman times, demons. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not I don't give a shit what another country is doing as far as like because all these political systems are like it, that. But if if the population, if the citizens, if the people rise up, rise up and educate yourself burn and rise the government the fuck out of the up. buildings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> May the good old days you used to do that. <laughs> Storm the castle. Yeah. I just think in if you think about it in a very simple way, it all starts with education. When was it? About a week ago, I was reading here, trying to give the cops more uh, permission to go into the schools with the dogs, do spot checks mm-hmm. into the, the, the high schools, you know? Wow, that's good. Why? Why? Kids don't need to be taking drugs, selling drugs. Like, go to school, learn right. some shit. So, yeah, sure. Okay. But what what I, my, the reason why I was a bit curious about why they were doing this shouldn't they be educating them? Yes, they uh, should be doing rather that too. Than, rather than uh, uh, going after them for the drugs and the criminal activity and the selling, you know, shouldn't they, it would have been far better to put that, uh, the money and the resources into teaching them about it. Absolutely, than, they should do because that. Because what, what is it? They're, they're fighting, they're fighting the... Well, they're just putting a Band-Aid on something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we just had lunch and... School lets out and Wonderful six. It was a lot. I'm still sitting <laughs> in my stomach. Wow. It was delicious. But those six obnoxious, loudmouth teenagers get out of school and they came and sat down over there and they are being loud, rambunctious kids. So if you don't take time to educate them, you know, I just, I did a show not very long ago with um, students for sensible drug policy. And the whole idea that if the way to affect change, it's not just say no, it is to beat them it, with big sticks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's to introduce factual information on how and why things work and how and why they aren't good for you at this point and stage in your life. Having that sort of class, having that education in schools for tweens and teens. Well, what about, for example, teachers uh, in, the, in the States? Are teachers allowed to? To say anything or there are is there uh, anything any type of syllabus or no not for drug awareness I mean my sister one of my sisters is lead guidance counselor for the largest school in the state of Texas and their stance is just say no 
there's not a lot of opportunities for them to educate. So it has to come from the parents, the PTA, the people that are coming together and saying, hey, this is important. We want our kids to have access to this information. And it becomes more of a community driven thing. You know, like the Students for Sensible because Drug it's, Policy. It's, they, no, it's no to all drugs rather than no to cannabis. And right. that goes back to the original. Why is cannabis associated with? Yeah. Don't have sex. Health. Don't do any drugs. Don't. Yeah. It's just don't do it. What the Students for Sensible Drug Policy have done is they created all of this information around caffeine, alcohol, opioids, cannabis, you know, all these different drugs and substances. And they've created, you know, PowerPoint decks that a parent can download or that students can download. And so they're just like packets. Yeah. And so it's like, this is what it is. This is the history of this substance. This is how it's normally used. This is how it makes you feel. These are these are why people like it. These are the negative things that could happen. If someone is showing these signs, they've probably overdosed. This is what you should do. Their whole idea is we don't hide any of the information. We're going to provide all of it. And then let someone, you know, make an educated decision as far as how they want to use it or how that they can um, talk to their peers about it. And so, you know, those sorts of things are important. Going back to the drug dogs in the schools, there's always the kids that are like, "You, I'm scared straight. I don't ever want to do it. There's the kid that's always going to say, okay, I'll I'll try it and they'll dabble in it. And then there's the kid that's like balls to the wall. I'm going to rage against the machine and you can't stop me. You don't know better than me. And so having the drug dogs going through there, like I think that is a a balance if you do those two things together. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, I think the way they're doing it here is a bit too forceful because let's say a dog finds, because they actually went to the classes. If a dog finds drugs on somebody, now, you don't know if they were really selling it or if they were using it for recreational or if someone maybe even planted it, you know. Imagine getting picked out of the class after the dog has been all around you and the cops, then they take them out of the class. That's pretty... That it's true. Be, I mean, it's traumatizing. Yeah. And especially then when you're going back into your peers, you know, and uh, if you're if you're not the type of very confident type of person uh, for a young young kid, you're not going to be picked on. You're going to be criticized, and there's a criminal. You see, they're they're a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You're going to be labeled a drug dealer immediately. And then, of course, your teachers are going to know. Able the school's going to know. It's it's just going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a whole other podcast all its own. Yeah. Uh-huh. As far as I'm concerned, and I will beat this dead horse, <laughs> we have to, we have to educate right, ourselves. Donkey, I'd say it's more of a donkey because they're a bit more, you know, uh, stubborn. So, well, then horses. I'm going to beat this yeah. dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, educating yourself, and then it's as simple as just educating your peer group, the people that we had Monday Club with. You know, oh, that, that would be a. Well, Bad yeah, place to but start. you know what I mean. Already got issues. You don't need yeah, to start but you throwing know more what issues I mean. on them. Like those are your those that's that's your crowd. Those are yeah. your people, and so it, it's as simple as saying, "Hey, do you even know what our drug laws are? The cannabis drug laws in Italy?" And just starting that dialogue, and then being like, "Did you know that 
professional athletes are using cannabis for recovery and that it's reversing the effects of Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, we're at a point in our history where there are more fucking old people than ever before. And they're all losing their minds and we all have to take care of them. So why would we not want to share cannabis with our parents and grandparents? Yeah, it's going to help them, of course. Yeah. So it's like just having those those tiny little snippets of dialogue. I wouldn't like to see my mom on the drugs. Oh, jeez. She pour wine on your head? <laughs> not my head, worse than friends' heads. That won't make sense to anyone, but... <laughs> Decriminalizing, I think, is definitely a big start uh, going further feeling not just saying that uh, you can um, uh, use it for personal use but more by by saying that people who use it or people who are carrying it around aren't criminals and and you can't associate them with being drug dealers yeah. you know because then and they are if, if you're caught uh, then people who don't know you then so, oh, I must be uh, dealing drugs you know well and I know here that you're reputation will stick and then precede you wherever you may go. So my reputation? In general, anyone's oh, reputation. Right. Okay, thank God for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> and so I, I do recognize and I can appreciate that. However, you know, at some point, someone is going to have to be brave enough to stand up and talk about it. We will. Volt Europe will. There you go. If we get in next year into the, like, into the parliament, European parliament. Well, so I will what, be there. So I said, everybody, let's smoke up. Let's light up. Oh. Uh, I don't. I get you. I may talk. have no, to no, be no, there. I'm, gonna... I'm like, you may not be the best representation. <laughs> I may have to be there with the creation of Volt. How do you start that conversation of like, hey, we need to get together and and have a stance on well on cannabis uh, so, policy? Uh, so it's like anything. You obviously need uh, an audience or you need some like-minded people then to, to bring up an issue, and that's what we do. We want to discuss policies. Uh, with, if I want to discuss policies with with my European colleagues, uh, you know, we, we work online using the social networks, and uh, we we just what write a question. What do you think about this? Uh, so let's say if I was uh, going to push the... Um, the, the cannabis uh, issue, I would write on the, 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 the our pages. Does anyone know anything about uh, the legalities or the health benefits or of of cannabis and, and how can we how can we push it? And we'll just take off from there. Well, I will. I'm going to provide you with all of the information that you need to for, do that. For art, yes, for articles as well. And yes, and and the other thing too, you know, I would I would ask you to translate the my resource guide but your friends would tell me that that would be a very bad idea because find <laughs> the italian yes. oh bloody right no it has been italian to, to translate it right you only try you only translate into your native language you don't translate across languages right so we need to find someone who would be willing to translate the monica cannabis resource guide if she has time she doesn't even have time to have drinks with me tonight yeah. <laughs> i will don't worry yes good so that you know for me that's my takeaway is that i need to provide as much information as possible to you and get this conversation started here because it's it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what what my readers will say uh, when they pick up the article and see what feedback comes from then yeah you know I'd be, cu I'd be curious. All right. When's the my editorial deadline? Oh, you 
next week. You're fucking kidding me, right? Is that no. when you No, I'm only joking. Okay. Uh, no, two weeks. Okay. All right. I'll put something together. And even if it's something where we can do, you know, a series, so because you can't tackle Ooh, all of hold it. Hold on a second. You can give me extra work here? No, I'm giving myself extra work. I'm the one that's doing the writing. You just have to plug it into the pages. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I'm more interested certainly in the the fashion sports end of it because it, it for me personally to, to convince people around me, it would be easier to, to educate them in that sense rather than we, we all know uh, it's medic- uh, medicinal uh, benefits. No, you don't. You don't all know the medicinal well, benefits. I, I mean, okay, let me t- speak in a very generic te- <laughs> um, terms is that we know what's good for you. Yeah, you know, most people know what's good fighting uh, cancer, helping tumor patients. I don't think that that's enough. Most people, they, they're not interested in those things until they are, are sick themselves. And in which case, it's believing maybe too late. Uh, so we want to educate young people now. You know, here definitely it's like it feels like 10% of the population understands what's going on. Also dealing with the uh, mentality of the, of the people, you know, mm-hmm. whereas the Mediterranean area or talking people are, they're more, um, closed mindsets regarding these things where in the northern countries they're more more open yes to to at least even to speaking about it to mm-hmm. publicly speaking about it yeah and i think also because that's a reflection of the education systems uh, because in the north there there are generally better better educated there's more resources in the universities in their schools here in these uh, spain uh, and italy the, the resources, they're lacking huge resources for education. And even a lot of times the kids have to, to bring a buy-in books um, rather than... Than, uh, than the school providing them. They have yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Literally, they, they have to bring everything, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it sounds like we both have homework. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> There is serious upheaval happening in our own backyard right now, which is exactly why I believe it's important to sit up and pay attention to what's happening in other countries around the world. Are they experiencing similar issues? How are they handling them? The more you're willing to explore outside of your own bubble, the more understanding and connection you'll find in the world around you. We all have things to learn from one another. As Americans, we're indoctrinated with the belief that our way is the best way, or the only way, but it's simply not true. If nothing else, I hope this podcast fed your curiosity to explore beyond the boundaries of your community, to strike up big talk conversations and explore new ideas and brainstorm solutions to old problems. If this podcast struck a chord, I hope you'll share it with a friend or family member in this country or abroad. Cannabis for wellness shouldn't be confined by borders. Neither should freedom for that matter, so I'm going to step up on my soapbox for a second. I encourage you to use your voice without fear to fight for equality. Fear breeds more fear, so stand fiercely in the light and refuse to fall in line. We don't have to follow the scared, old, crotchety white men hanging on by a thread to their crumbling power and misogynistic ideals. 
no matter who you are or what body parts you have, you matter. Your voice matters. Your vote matters. What you do every day fucking matters. If you aren't registered to vote or if you're a voter who wants to get involved as we near the midterms, I encourage you to visit votesaveamerica.com. You living your best life, it isn't just for you. It's for all of us. So get out there and inspire the shit out of your community. And if you've got a couple of minutes left at the end of that busy day, rate and review Casually Baked the Podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference in spreading this hopeful message about the modern cannabis culture. And as always, schedule your free 15-minute Casually Baked consult at casuallybaked.com. Simply click the big gray schedule appointment button in the top right-hand corner of your screen. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. I'm excited to report that I'm putting the final touches on the first few episodes of Love, Mary Jane, the podcast. They're packed with great cannabis-infused relationship advice, and some of the episodes might make you blush, so definitely don't listen to Love, MJ with the kiddos in the car. Submit your cannabis relationship questions or sticky situations at lovemaryjane.net. Stay tuned. I promise you won't be disappointed. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.